John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. John was a follower of Jesus Christ who wrote an eyewitness record of what he had come to understand. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen the glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about this and cried out, This was whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Luke chapter 1, verses 76 to 79. Here, Luke records words from the father of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And you, child will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Well, I do want to say right up front that I'm aware there'll be mixed feelings about celebrating Christmas this year. Some of that is temperamental, and it always happens, whether you're kind of keen or a scrooge. And if you're wondering about me, personally, I'm mad keen. I mean, in our house, you can't move for kind of fairy lights, manger crafts, and this year, slightly less authentically, Penguin stickers seem to have appeared everywhere. Um, and that's not just coming from our little ones. To give you a sense of that, um, I was so keen to secure a discount Christmas tree from Ikea before lockdown might get in the way that I actually turned up before they started selling them and failed. And the next day I went back and succeeded. Actually, though, uh, even those of us who kind of normally love the season, even we're aware that this is going to be a Christmas like no other. 
And some of us, over the last fortnight, will have had those tricky conversations, phone calls or Zooms, with our kind of wider families as we work out, are we going to Christmas bubble? Who's going to do it? Is anyone going to travel? It's difficult. Many grandparents still won't see their children. Many in care homes still won't see visitors. And that's not even to mention the many households who've lost someone this year. Christmas is always a time to reflect. It's always a time when the absences around the table are felt more keenly. I think especially so this year. So the question for us to consider tonight is is whether there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Is there any hope we can cling to, a genuine light in the darkness? And the claim of the Bible is that Jesus Christ is uniquely that. That he is a light in the darkness, a reason for hope in the gloom. That he is an unshakable anchor for the soul, even in the darkness of this world. Whatever else is going on, he is an inextinguishable light. Which means he's something to celebrate, even in the darkest of years. Our key verse that I'm going to speak on for the next few minutes comes from that reading in John's Gospel. So speaking about Jesus Christ, he says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's that great claim of the Bible, that Jesus Christ offers the light of life. That is to say, he shines the way to eternal life. That is to say he offers both a quality of life and a strength of life, a length of life that the darkness of this world, even in 2020, can't overcome. Now just before I explain that, I don't think I need to spend much time reminding us that the last eight months have felt pretty gloomy. In quality of life terms, COVID-19 has kind of stripped away much of what we enjoy and are refreshed by. Whether for you it's time with friends or hospitality or meeting family or most leisure activities, shopping, watching sports, social interaction at work, and a good economy, normal church life. I mean, nothing has been unaffected. And things have felt pretty dark at times. Actually, even more seriously than that stuff, COVID-19 hasn't just affected our quality of life. It's actually brought the shadow of death over all of us. Even if we've not directly lost loved ones to COVID-19, all of us, I think, have lived under the shadow of that possibility, that that worry, both for ourselves and others, the shadow of death. And the question is, is there a light in that darkness to give us hope? And by that, I do mean a light that goes beyond the kind of temporary twinkle the kind of tingle of Christmas illuminations. Because beautiful and heartwarming as the lights around this room or around our neighborhoods are, and yes, if you're wondering, I do go out with the children most evenings to see who's added from our neighbors, who's kind of added lights and finally caught up with us. Uh, We love that, but we know it's temporary. A kind of beautiful sparkle, piercing the darkness of December, but but after a few days, it's all going to be over. It's all going to be packed back in the box, and the cold, dark winter will continue. So what about a vaccine, then? 
Isn't that genuine light in the darkness? Our first minister's spoken of it like that, as a light at the end of the tunnel, as good news to put our hope in. And no doubt there's much, much to be thankful in that news. As a church, we've been regularly praying that the Lord would have mercy and provide some relief from this virus. So it's actually wonderful that maybe by Easter, who knows, we might be able to open the doors of our homes and our church and our society more widely again. In that sense, it is a real chink of light. Hope really is beginning to dawn on that front. But without wanting to sound like a killjoy, I wonder if we've paused to consider that even an effective vaccine for COVID-19 would actually be only like the short-lived lights of Christmas the temporary reprieve. You see, while the vaccines will hopefully restore some of our quality of life, they cannot solve the ultimate problem, the bigger darkness, the shadow of death. Just to state something obvious, this global pandemic did not introduce death to the human race. It just brought the shadow starkly and painfully to the forefront of our minds and our experience. But the shadow of death is not a new phenomenon. It's not a 2020 thing. In fact, the Bible says uh, it was right back when humanity first rejected God, the author of life. That's when death entered. And so death doesn't just come from respiratory illness which does mean even the wonderful news of a vaccine is actually limited light at the end of the tunnel. It is a temporary reprieve. It is a lot like those Christmas fairy lights, a wonderful relief, a genuine break from the current gloom, a genuine kind of pick-me-up that pushes back and pushes away our awareness of the darkness. But that shadow of death remains. And that is why the arrival of Jesus Christ, that first Christmas, it is is good news on a completely different scale. It genuinely is news more significant to humanity than even an effective vaccine for a global pandemic. You see, Jesus, he's not just a temporary solution to one aspect of the human predicament, but, but the full solution to our deepest need. It's why our first and third readings, I don't know if you noticed, they spoke of Jesus as a sunrise breaking into a dark world. Both of them were prophecies made before Jesus was born, and one of them long-range, one of them short-range. So so Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, prophesied that one day a unique baby would bring peace and hope and light to a warring, dying world. And then much closer, a few months before Jesus' birth, our third reading, Zechariah, he's the dad of John the Baptist, who was the last prophet to point at Jesus. He says, what will be available when this sunrise of Jesus breaks in? Listen to this. He says of John, you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death 
to guide our feet into the way of peace. Did you hear what the sunrise would bring? Light to those who sit in the shadow of death. See, in God's mercy, Jesus came to deal with the shadow of death, to provide forgiveness for our sins, for our rejecting of God as our maker, our pushing him to the side. Jesus was the sunrise breaking in with forgiveness and with light, therefore, to those who sit in the shadow of death. Or as our key verse from John's Gospel put it, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. You see, whether it was prophets pointing uh, to Jesus before he arrived, or the eyewitnesses who saw him and now have written to point back to him, everyone's pointing at that baby at Christmas. That that is the source of all life and light. That is the light that can point to eternal life. All of which means Christianity, if you're curious, is not fundamentally about church or morality or music or Christmas rituals. It is about him, the person of Jesus, the light shining in the darkness. This child who was born to live the life we should have to die the death that I deserved, and so to provide the eternal life we long for. Jesus Christ is the one person who can get us right with God, not just now, but for eternity, the light of life. And so before I sit down, I just want to ask you a really direct question. Are you interested in eternal life? If the thought of a vaccine for a single cause of death is hugely, desperately appealing to us all, a real light at the end of the tunnel, well then, how about a complete solution to the shadow of death, the shadow that hangs over all of us and those we love? Would you like eternal life? Almost sounds a silly question to ask, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, of course we would, if it was actually real. But it's probably not. And to be honest, all of this is starting to sound like one of those religious sales pitches. I mean, doesn't every religion kind of offer pie in the sky when you die? To which my response would be, well, yeah, actually, lots of worldviews, lots of religions claim to provide hope, to provide light. The question is, is this a credible offer? See, Jesus didn't just talk about being the way to eternal life. He proved it by rising from the dead three days after he died on a Roman cross. And I know that's an extraordinary thing to say. It is a unique event, but there were multiple credible witnesses. There was an empty tomb. It was clearly empty, and there was no other sensible explanation for what happened that first Easter. So let me say, just before writing the, the offer off as a kind of empty sales pitch, let me ask, have you read a gospel account one of the accounts of Jesus' life as an adult. Surely with a claim this big, this wonderful, surely it's worth a few hours of our time, especially given there won't be anything happening in January. Or you might want to do it with others, with some videos. You could come along to the Christianity Explored course that starts on January 4th, the 4th. Robin will say more about that. That'd be a great way of just kind of checking it out for yourself. Actually, perhaps best of all, if, if you came with a Christian friend or got a link um, to this 
service from a family member or friend who invited you, it'd be well worth just asking them, what makes you believe Jesus when he offers life, eternal life and light? When Jesus explains the life he offers, he says it involves both life to the full now and eternal life to come. And actually, those of us who know Jesus here would say we found that to be true in our experience. It's not that life is easy, not at all, but Jesus provides a quality of life knowing God now and a security of life eternal to come that frees us from the shadow of death. And that's definitely been my experience in lockdown. So tough though it's been, I can tell you what got me through the last eight months. It's not just Joe Wicks, although he helped, or growing tomatoes or aspiring to bake bread. I still haven't, but one day. Um, It's actually knowing Jesus genuinely and his people, the church, a wonderful community of forgiven sinners. More seriously though, and again speaking personally, when I think back to March, um, I think as a family we had COVID. We'll never know for sure because the, at that time tests were reserved for the NHS. Um, and I remember vividly there was, there was one night, it was just one, but there was one night that was scary. One of the scariest nights of my life actually because after days of kind of coughing and feeling really fatigued, but it not being too bad, one night my breathing suddenly became noticeably more difficult and my chest was feeling a bit tight and shallow and it was genuinely scary we'd heard reports on the news that it can kind of things can deteriorate really quickly i remember thinking to myself what if this is actually it suddenly the the shadow of death seemed to have come frighteningly frighteningly close to home and i was praying to god and i was actually wondering what if i'm about to see him face to face far sooner than i'd expected I remember thinking at that moment, the only person in the world who could help me was Jesus. If I was about to meet God face to face, Jesus, the light light of the world, the light in the darkness. Why him? Well, because he's the only one who's been through death and back and can tell us the truth. He's the one who died in my place so that I could face God forgiven. He's the one who broke open the tomb to guarantee resurrection life to everyone who trusts him. He really was the light in the darkness. Now, it was scary at the time, but the next day things began to improve, and as you can see, it was all okay in the end. We didn't even make it to hospital. Maybe I was just being a bit over-worried. But actually, it was a stark reminder of my fragility And so let me urge you not to postpone investigating Jesus and the life he offers if you don't already know it yourself. Sometimes that can be our attitude when it comes to getting right with God. You know, I'm too busy just now. I'm busy with work. I'm busy having a good time or busy with the kids. I'm busy in my uni life and then my 20s and then my 30s and then my 40s and then my 50s. But when I retire, well, then I have plenty of time to to get right with God and I'll have space then and I'm sure he'll forgive me in the end. But if this year has taught us anything, it's that we don't always have the luxury of events working to our timetables and plans. And so Jesus alone offers that light in the darkness, a light that's not temporary and fading, 
but is a, a kind of lasting sunrise. It breaks into this world and can break into our lives with genuine hope of eternal, inextinguishable life. Thank you for listening.